Uh, today we get into the um, area of, of Kochim, the, the practices of the, of the Korbanot, much more, much more deeply, and <coughs> Samach. And I thought to spend our time, instead, instead of going into the Gomorrah, actually to spend today on establishing the ground rules. What are the principles of the Korbanot? Because we're going to be referring to them backwards and forwards, and if one doesn't have some clarity in that, it's very difficult to understand. Um, the, the difficulty with Korbanot, one of the difficulties with the laws of, of Korbanot and the Beit HaMikdash, are that firstly we don't have it today. So I mean we have it, we have it in the laws, we just don't practice it today. So it's, then we're not familiar with it. When it comes to the laws of Shabbat and the laws of Kashrut and the uh, laws of Davening and the laws of Yom Tov, these are all halachot that we're familiar with. We see them in, in our homes, we see them in, the, in our communities, we're aware of them. Even if we don't know all the details of the halachot, we certainly know the, the ideas. With Korbanot, we have no concept, we have no idea of, of what these details are and how they work because we haven't experienced it. So unless we study the area of Korbanot, we don't know them. So we're dealing with an area where we're unfamiliar. And the other thing is because, because of that, all we have are the, are the halachot. So we have, as, as you'll see, kind of almost mathematical constructions. Kodshim is the math of, of halacha. Um, and and these, so it, it exercises the mind in a mathematical way, which is amazing. Um, but it's also, it exercises the imagination because we've got to reconstruct in our minds the whole layout, the, the, the temple, the Beit HaMikdash and the, and the Mizbechot and what was on them and what was happening there. So we're using our imagination and we're using our minds, which is interesting because imagination is right brain and our minds, are, our mathematical minds are left brain. So we're using, it's one of the few studies in the world altogether where you're using left and right, right brain simultaneously. So just from a mental, conceptual um, perspective, Kodshim is in a, most, a, a most amazing limit. You're doing with your mind something that your mind hardly ever does. Normally when you're in the area of imagination, you're reading a novel or a poem or something and you're in the imagination, then that's one area. Or you're thinking rationally and, and analytically and then your mind is in another and I know, but real creativity comes when you merge these two capacities, the, the imaginative and the, and the rational. And Kodshim enables that. Kodshim actually trains you into, the thinking in, into thinking in both those areas. Because we don't have it, uh, we, we don't practice it, we don't have Shulchan Aruch. So the Rambam becomes our Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch only deals with those laws that apply at all times. The Rambam deals with those laws that apply at any time. So the Rambam deals with the laws of the Beit HaMikdash and, and Kodshim in the same way as he deals with everything else, whereas the Shulchan Aruch doesn't. So the Rambam becomes our primary source and text for halachot in the area of Kodshim. So I want to give you the basic structures and frameworks. You don't have to remember it all because we'll keep on referring back to it. But at least if you're familiar with the concepts, then when we refer back to them, you'll know what we're talking about. So the first thing to know is there are four critical practices with respect to the Korbanot. There are lots of others, but there are four critical ones where a lot of these halachot apply. Those are the four that are from the time of the slaughtering, from the shechting, until the zrikat adam, the throwing of the blood on the mizbeach. The four are the shechita itself, the slaughtering of the animal, the kabbalat adam, re receiving the blood from the animal in a utensil, holacha, the taking, the carrying of the blood from the place where the animal was shechted to the mizbeach, and then Zrika, the actual throwing of some of the blood on the, on the Mizbeach itself. 
Those are the four practices that we're, that we're going to deal with. What's important about the, about, well, one of the things that are important about Kodshim, about the practice of Korbanot, is that the mental, mental presence is as much a part of the action as physical presence. In all the other, in all the other mitzvot, physical presence is what is required, and mental presence is, is a nice to have. It's good, it's important, but it doesn't mess with the, with the, with the mitzvah. If you're doing a mitzvah and your mind is somewhere else, the mitzvah is still a mitzvah. It's not a kavana is missing, maybe the things are, but still mitzvah, it's still, you do the mitzvah nevertheless. It doesn't destroy the mitzvah. It's a much better mitzvah. The more present you are, the better the mitzvah is. Uh, and, and presence is something that people are becoming very um, focused on at the moment, particularly in this digital time where we're mostly not present. You're talking to your wife or your husband or your children and your mind is somewhere else. Uh, you're busy doing something at work and your mind is somewhere else. You're busy with one thing and an email comes and your mind is somewhere else. So your mind is just hardly ever on what it's meant to be doing. In Kodshim, if your mind isn't on where it needs to be, the, it messes with everything. Um, the, the, the Kodshim really becomes um, a... a relationship between mind and action that is that is very very interesting in addition to that the the um, the korbanot are also very interesting relationships between time and space um, and and we'll see how that works I'm going to work with you through the Rambam and then we'll get we'll get the principles that we need the first one in Masya korbanot Perik Dalet kol azvachim tzarich haoved hazevach <coughs> all the korbanot, when you bring a korban, you have to have in mind, the kohen have to, has to have in mind what korban this is. Is this an ola? Is it a, a, a shlomim? Is it a chatos? What, what korban is this? And who is its owner? Got to have that in mind. Bishat zvicha, you need to have it in mind for the shechting, the kabbalat hadam, receiving the blood, the holachat hadam, carrying the blood, and the zrika of the blood. So those four critical actions that we mentioned all require presence with respect to what it is I'm doing and for whom I'm doing it. That's what a Kohen has to have. So we're now very reliant on the Kohen's mental capacity and his capacity to be present and his integrity. Um, and then the Rambam goes on to say there are six things altogether he's got to have in mind when he shechts it and, and so on. In Hilchus Psule HaMukdoshim, the, there's a little bit more detail. Shalosh Machshavot Hen Sheposlin Et HaKorbanot. There are three mental states that corrupt the Korban. So you can corrupt the Korban with an idea, with a thought. We don't have that anywhere else. Now we're talking with Matzah and things you need time, you need water, thing, there, there are physical things that can corrupt the matter. But with a korban, an idea can corrupt the matter. What are the three machshavot that you need? Machshevet shinui hashem. If you're doing it for the wrong korban, the definition is wrong, it corrupts. Machshevet hamakom. If you do it for the wrong place, here's where space comes in. So as the Rambam will explain, that means if I do one of these four avodot, one of these four practices, with the intention that the blood is going to be thrown or the 
emurim, uh, those parts of the korban that have to be consumed by the mizbeach, or those parts of the korban that have to be consumed by the kohen or by the owner, will take place in an area not demarcated as appropriate for that korban, then the thought of that puzzles the korban. And the other one is machshevet hazman. If I'm doing one of those four avodot, with the thought that I'm going to do others of them outside of the appropriate time perimeter. So there's a space perimeter and there's a time perimeter. And the thought that I'm going to do it outside of the time perimeter is a very serious corruption. That's called, uh, that, that's called, uh, that, 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 that's a manner. And then he goes into each, each of them. And the last one, and he says on the last one, I won't get into the details because we don't have time. Zvachim shechashav be'emachshava zuem nikrim zvachim shenishchutu chutz lizmanam. If you've had the intention to do part of the practice outside of the time, heima nikraim pigu. That's called pigu. And if somebody then eats that korban, it's chiv kores, which is like eating a yom kippur. So although the korban is everything's done perfectly fine, there's physically nothing wrong. An, a, 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 an inspector from the, the based in of the, of the Kohen, the Kohen Godel's office is watching and inspecting the process. He will see nothing wrong. He will not be able to detect that this food is as strafe as eating on Yom Kippur because the Kohen had a thought in his mind of Chutzli's manner. That's how delicate, that's how, how, how fragile these, these halachas are, and that's why they're so fascinating. Because you're dealing with the mind, you're dealing with presence of mind in four areas. And how those, those four areas intersect, and how they work. Space and time, and if you think of this, this is going back to the, the Torah, we're going back three and a half thousand years. When did, when did science get to start thinking about the relationship between thought and time? Every little cheder child has thought about the relationship of thought and time from learning Vayikra which Chazal tells us is where the child starts learning. The very first thing you're talking to teaching a child are these laws, that the child starts working with the mathematics of, of space and time and thought and, and how they interact with one another. Again, working with imagination and, and um, analysis at the same time. So you begin to understand why Vayikra is so important for a child to start working with. So the child starts his education intersecting the rational with the imaginative. And then korban shalon if sedam achshav toy elan izrak damolam isbeach kil chatovish. How many men are chazman achilato? But if physically something was left over from the korban, so now the time has expired, that's a sell-by date. It's expired and it has the din of notar, and it has to be it has to be burnt. It can't be used. But the korban is a good korban. So a thought that I plan to eat outside of the time or space is worse than the actual doing of it. And in Tzet Lamed, in summary, says the Rambam, there are four areas where thought can corrupt a korban, shechita, kabbalah, holachat adam, and zrikato al hamizbeach. Then we have, in Hilchut Psulei HaMukdashim, kol hazvachim shnishchitu b'machshevet shinoi Hashem, any if, you, if your definition is wrong, your thought about whether it's a chatat or an ola or a shlamim, whether it's a public or a private korban, so if you had 
a thought. I'm thinking this is a shlamim, but it isn't. It's meant to be a. It's meant to be an oila. So the korban is still a kosher korban. That doesn't pass it up. That doesn't mess with it like time and place does. If you're doing it as the wrong korban, the korban is still good, but the owner has to bring another one. It doesn't work for the owner, but it's still a kosher korban. So you need two things with the korban. The korban has to be valid, and it has to associate itself with the owner. In this case, if you thought it was an oila and already it was a shlomim, um, it's a kosher korban, but it doesn't associate, it doesn't link back to the owner. Here's what's important for us. Chutz minachatat va'pesach. Except for a korban chatat, which we won't be dealing with, and a korban pesach. Shimnasu b'machshevet shimun ha'ashem psulim. If you do a korban pesach and your mind is that this is something else, then that messes up the korban altogether. The korban becomes pasul. The korban cannot be used. If you shechted a, a korban pesach thinking it was something else, whether you thought it's not a korban pesach, it's a chatos or whatever, or whether you thought I'm just shechting plain meat, possible. You must declare this as a zevach pesach, unlike other korbanot, unless you actually declare it as a zevach pesach. It doesn't work as it doesn't work as anything. It's possible altogether. Also important for our sugya. This all applies if you shechted it on the fourteenth in the afternoon. But if you did, if you shechted it before if you shechted this korban pesach a week before pesach or after pesach with the wrong intention, it doesn't damage the korban. Because a korban pesach outside of the right time, which is the fourteenth of the afternoon, is a regular shlamim. That's what a korban pesach is. A korban pesach is a shlamim. But if you bring that shlamim on the fourteenth afternoon, l'shem korban pesach, then it converts into a korban pesach. If you bring it in another time, it's a shlamim, and then it's governed by the laws of the shlamim. And so then, if you didn't have the right uh, the right definition. Like other shlomim, it works. It doesn't go for the bailim, it doesn't work for the owner, but it's, but it's a good korban. Even though korban Pesach is so severe, it's not a korban Pesach if it's not brought in the right time. So, so things are defined. If what we're looking at here is what defines an object, because, because korbonas are like the, a very heightened form. It's dialed up definition. Uh, but the principles apply to everything. A thing is defined by where it is, by when it is, by what it is, and by whose it is. If you look at a, uh, you, you think of a Rolls Royce. It's a Rolls Royce. But if it's a Rolls Royce that belongs to the queen, different halachas. The ownership is different. A Rolls Royce in a car museum and a Rolls Royce in your garage. One's an exhibit and one's a vehicle. But just a different place. The place changes it. Ownership places, change places, place changes it. Definition, it's not a Rolls Royce, it's a Cadillac. That changes it as, uh, as, as well. And Zamano, a Rolls Royce today as opposed to a Rolls Royce 50 years ago, it's a different concept, it's a different thing. So these four dimensions are dimensions that affect the definition of, of life. It's just in the laws of Korbanot, we get very, very hypersensitive to them. And that's why they become so fascinating as we start exploring how do these complex thoughts and ideas of space and time and ownership and definition all work together. And the sugi we're busy with at the moment is where the thoughts are more complex. 
where it's not a simple thought of I wanted it intended to be a korban or not to be a korban Pesach. Uh, it's where there mixes and combinations of thoughts because the mind wanders. And what happens if the Kohen's mind wanders? He starts off in one place and two minutes later his, his mind is somewhere else. How do you treat his intention? Where it started? Where it ended? Both? Uh, so the whole idea of mindlessness and mindfulness is all part of the of the ideas that we'll be learning in the in the korbanot.